I'm Heather Roberts here with Sergeant Melody Richmond with Oregon State Patrol. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. You are in charge of overseeing recruiting. So your job is to find new troopers. How hard has that been recently? It seems to be getting progressively more difficult. There's probably a lot of reasons for that, some of which you just kind of see perception on the news and things like that happening. Um, In Oregon in particular, we actually pay our law enforcement here pretty well. So you also have um, a lot of attrition happening, though, for various reasons. And with OSP in particular, we have a lot of current troopers that are about to hit retirement age. Back in the late 90s, we used to hire pretty big classes. So you might have a class of 50 recruit troopers come in. And we're hitting a point in time where we're going to start having these big classes ready to retire. So we have overall just a general issue in law enforcement with recruiting, which I think is kind of across the board nationwide. And then we have some specific Oregon challenges. And then with an OSP, we have just this additional timing challenge where we've got large potential mass retirements uh, looming in front of us. Unlike a, a small city or a county jurisdiction, you guys have outposts all over the state, some of them not necessarily in areas where people want to work. Correct. Um, there's pros and cons. So we have a lot of opportunity within our agency because we are all over the state. So you, you know, if you want to go live in Eastern Oregon and have a farm and be a trooper, you know, that's an opportunity. Um, But there definitely are areas where it seems to be harder to keep people. If you're not already from a very small community like Lakeview, and then we try to place you there, um, if you don't already have some established connections, sometimes it's hard to keep recruits and troopers in some of those harder to place locations. So let's talk through kind of that process of recruitment. First of all, you have to go find people. You don't have people clamoring to sign up to be a trooper. And that's a big change in law enforcement in Oregon and in OSP in particular is 10 years ago, we would have a recruitment once a year, sometimes if that's, and for that recruitment, we would be seeing thousands of applications come through. That's just no longer the case right now. So we just have a process closed recently, and I'm just going to throw out general numbers. These aren't specific, but we may get two to 300 applicants. But because of the our job and the different requirements, there's a lot more to the process than just applying. So they have to fill out the job application, but then they also have some other steps they have to complete, including some what we call entry-level testing. There's a physical agility test, some other components that they have to physically show up for. So even though we may start with two to 300 applicants, which doesn't seem like a bad number when you're trying to hire 15 to 20, by the time we get through the next steps, we might be reduced to 100 now that have shown up and completed the testing. So out of the 100, maybe we move, these are just examples, like 80 forward to background investigation. Because this process takes time and we don't hire individually one at a time, we hire in groups, it takes a little bit longer too than some other agencies. By the time we get to the background process, we've had several applicants within that time period maybe accept a job somewhere else or have a different family situation happen that they withdraw. So we lose some people throughout the process that just don't remain in the process of their own decision-making. And then we've got backgrounds, which we do a very thorough job on our backgrounds. And so we will lose some applicants during that process as well. Give me an example of what 
could show up in someone's background that would make them ineligible to be a trooper? There are certain automatic disqualifiers that we have as an agency and specifically in Oregon to be certified in law enforcement. There are disqualifiers, certain felony convictions, all these kinds of different things. The biggest thing I see a lot, though, is people, they omit information or they are vague or don't disclose information that wouldn't even have knocked them out of the process to begin with. Because we're really, we tell the people all the time in recruiting that we're not looking for perfect people. You can make some mistakes in your life and it doesn't make the, mean that you can't be a good trooper, but we do need the honesty and the integrity for you to come work for us. It's not the lie. It's the fact that they lied. Correct. Okay. It'll be something, I'll give you an example because it's very common. We ask a lot of questions in our background process. And one of them is going to be, is, you know, when is the last time you used marijuana? Because we have an automatic disqualifier that it has to be 12 months or greater from the time you're applying since the last time you used. So, and then they're asked kind of some other questions that elicit information of like how often in the past. And some of it's just probably not paying attention to detail, but they'll tell us, in one form that it was 18 months ago, they last used. And then on a different document or with a different agency, they'll say it was 24 months. So our background investigators, I mean, they, they dig into that and they'll, they'll question the applicant about it and stuff. But a lot of times, none of, neither of those two situations would have been an automatic disqualifier. But because of the either omission, whether intentional or not, that's something we got to look into. So you get a cohort, if you will, that does make it through the administrative process and then gets to the academy and starts that. How many on average either don't make it through or drop out of their own accord during that physically training process? If we start with 20 and we skipped a few steps, so like they'll have a psychological examination and some other things before they show up to the academy. But I would say for 15 to 20, we'll lose two to three. That is almost usually 100% that they resign. And it's usually a matter of, so we are a paramilitary agency. So our, our, our academy is physically strenuous, mentally strenuous. But I think it's usually a matter of people either deciding that law enforcement isn't for them or that maybe just OSP isn't for them, our style of training. And so sometimes they'll have that, that recognition as they're here um, and elect to resign. Okay, so in your example, then we're starting out with two to 300 applicants. You're saying of that, potentially only 15 to 20 make it to the academy. Of that, then how many graduate? Like I said, we lose one or two. We might get, just depend on what we started with, you know, 15 to 18 or 13 to 18. Um, it seems to be pretty typical that we lose two, two to three on these smaller class sizes. And again, a lot of times this career is very, different than most other careers and the things that you're asked to do and asked to see and asked to train on. Um, so a lot of times it's just they realized it wasn't what they expected. Um, and we try to be really, really transparent. So throughout the whole hiring process, we're telling them what training is going to be like. We're helping them to get physically prepared. Um, we're not keeping any secrets about what it's going to be like. But I think for some people who've not experienced, especially if they don't have an experienced a military training environment additionally, then it's a little, it can be a shock to their system and they decide it's not for them. What's the number one reason you hear from recruits that they want to be part of OSP? Um, I believe in my opinion, we still have a very professional reputation in the state of Oregon. 
we, I believe in most communities still have the community's respect and support, um, which is really, really helpful in doing such a difficult job is when your community is supporting you. It just makes that such a, a benefit to doing the job. And I think OSP still has that for the most part. We also, you know, we, we brought up geography. So we have different locations that you can go to. We have a lot of opportunities with special assignments, special teams, whether it's being a patrol trooper or a fish and wildlife trooper. We just, because of our size, we have a lot of opportunities that some smaller agencies just aren't going to have. We are almost out of time and I want to make sure we, we give space for you to talk about where people can get involved. You are actively recruiting. So if people are interested, and I know you've got you've got some events you're going to be at, Pendleton Roundup and the State Fair, but if someone's not able to make it to one of those events, how can they get more information and get involved in, in this recruitment effort? Absolutely. So on our webpage, which is a, easy to link to, if you go to osptrooper.com, it'll take you right to our recruiting page on our main state website. My phone number, my picture, and the two sworn recruiters that we have, direct phone numbers and pictures are on that website. We are really accessible. We answer the phones. There's also a link to the email address that, of course, we all answer. Um, but we are very, very accessible. That's very important in recruiting right now is, is people want to talk to a person um, and not just have a website to go to. So where it's all the information is there. We're happy to pick up the phone and talk to anybody. Okay. Well, Sergeant Melody Richmond with Oregon State Police, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. You're listening to FM News 100 and 1110 KBND.